Welcome to Backstory and Beyond with your host, Ward Kampf, seeker, innovator, and president of Northwood Retail. As Ward travels the country, he'll share the industry insights he's gained over a three decades long retail career, introduce you to trailblazing business leaders and disruptive founders, and uncover the real deal about some of the greatest cities in the world. This week, Ward heads to Laguna Beach to check in with Goriana and Jason Rydell, the power couple behind the jewelry brand Goriana. They'll discuss the unique challenges that come with being both business and life partners, making the move from online to brick and mortar, and using retail to build community and connections. All that and more on this episode of Backstory and Beyond. We're here in Laguna Beach today. Our special guests are Goriana and Jason Riddell, the founders of Goriana. And so I want to welcome you guys. Thank you for coming and taking the time today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're yeah, excited we're really to be here. excited to be here with you. First off, we've got, you know, two Sun Devils in here. So, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Let's go. Got a lot of fun friends that went there. And, um, yeah. The Arizona State produces a lot of crazy characters. It, you know what? It produces a lot of people that are hard workers, people this on it it's not a good school it's a great school socially and the yeah. business school is a very good school so it is because it it's like a sink or swim environment yeah. like no one's looking out for you you got to figure it out on your own like you have to figure out how many nights you can go out and manage that yeah. like yeah. all of it like it really it's that self i don't know yeah and from that perspective it definitely was there's was no coddling happening there you know it's right. not like a, no one's looking really there's no one looking out for you and it is a there's been and it's been interesting. I mean, there is a especially in this space, right? I mean, Coriana was in college at the same time with Paige from um, yeah, Paige and Armand from Aviator Nation. From Aviator Nation, and like Tommy yeah. from Tommy John one day. Yeah. Like it's it's got a whole, it's got a group. It does bud a whole entrepreneur environment because it's sink or swim out there. So just you know, walking back, kind of you know, thinking you're 22 years old and you're working at Neiman's and yep. you're dreaming. You know about not working in Neiman's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, no, you know, dreaming. it's so funny. I worked in Neiman's because I thought it was. I mean, no offense. I'm just obviously, um, but I had the impression, you know, it's like a more professional environment. And then quickly being there, realized how corporatey it was, and how much politics were actually involved in working at that department store. And I thought, oh wow, I'm not gonna survive here. This isn't. You know, I'm very honest, like, just say how I, f I was like, this is, I'm not cut for this environment. So luckily, Neiman's is very good at doing personal appearances of designers. And so there was a local designer that was repeatedly coming in and just needed an assistant. And I I fell into the jewelry department. I That's the only position they had available. And so I was like, sure. And it was interesting because then when I was born, I was born in Serbia, right? So. Right, right obviously much different country and everything. And I was always around that my grandmothers and my mom and everybody making stuff. So I was, you know, I was knitting as a child, like Barbie sweaters and like that. kind of. So I always had that like hand making thing that I felt very comfortable in. So then working for the designer, because some of the pieces were handmade, like, you know, pearls were hand wrapped or necklaces. I would just started doing that and it felt so natural. Like, oh, I can do this. And then when it was time to move on, I was like, well, this is what I know how to do. 
Let's give this a whirl. When you also think wanted to start designing stuff, though, the designer was making really high-end product. I mean, these were like some necklaces that were $4,000 to $10,000, Neiman Marcus. And and then we would go, you know, gemstone shopping, and she would be looking at, like, you know, the really, like, the nicest, like, the AA quality stones. But I was like, wait, these, like, B quality stones are, like, almost just as pretty, but they're, like... A fifth of the cost. So then I was like, I'll buy the raw material and start making it myself. And then I realized like, oh, but I think there's a market here for that more affordable, approachable price point. But you still get like, it still looks really nice. So 2004, you guys are in your apartment. And yep. you're going on the road. I've heard you traveled like 50,000 miles. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, like we, that. we were really fortunate. Like my brother-in-law is a pilot for American Airlines. And my dad has been in medical sales his whole life. So we call him like Joe Marriott, right? So we had a lot of Marriott <laughs> points and a lot of American Airlines. Yeah. And we just would pick places and just say, okay, like, let's just go. You know, let's go. We went to Northern Cal or we went to Boston or we went to Miami. And we just would kind of bombard these markets and just cold, just cold call and show up at people's doors. That's what we did. Then you realize you do a couple of trade shows. I remember we got our first market was at LA Market. And it was in the fall of 2004, and we rented sublease a little space in the Cusa Barcelona showroom. And it was just a bunch of brands in there. We basically spend the last dollars we have to get to the show, and we're there. We can't figure out. We can't check into a hotel. We have, like, no money. We're, like, just kind of scrambling along. And we get to go to pick up the displays to start the show for the next day. And they're like, hey, sorry, your, your, your displays didn't get here. There was a, a freight train accident or something, like, in Ohio. And I'm like okay, we're fucked here. <laughs> like, what yeah. are we doing? So we borrowed $200 from someone and drove to Ikea and bought $200 of like shelves displays and just hacked it together. And that was our first trade show. And it was an amazing trade show. We had a three-day trade show. I think we'd sold $50,000 of wholesale jewelry, which was like mind-blowing. It was more than we'd ever done on any kind of road trip. Yeah. And it was super exciting. And then we got home and we were like, cool. Like, how do we have no money to make any of this product? <laughs> So it was literally hand to mouth. It was like, uh, okay, cool. Let's start with who's local, right? So I would like make, would you make like a first six hundred order? And I would show up at someone's boutique here in Southern California. They'd be like, hey, why are you here? I'm like, oh, I'm just bringing your order, you know. And they're like, oh, that's great. I was like, can I get a check? Like, because then have to take that check, cash that check, make the next order, right? And so it was just, it was all hand to mouth. So you're this insurgent. And then you're trying to manage this business. Yeah, I think starting this business with nothing and then having it have to sustain us is the biggest blessing that ever happened to us because it was never an option to not have it make money and not have it pay the bills and not have it support not only us, but like all our, like it was, we had to do that. There was no, you had to run a sound business. So you think about it, you know, it becomes 2007, you open your first studio, what, 2016? Yeah. First space. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah, space. yeah. It was interesting because, uh, we did go down that digital rabbit hole, and there was a point where we were just like mission to the moon, right? All digital. Early on, it was fun, right? right? Like we launched a wholesale e-commerce website in 2006. Wholesale e-commerce, think about that, in 2006. Right. It was exciting. Affiliate right. marketing, all that was so new. It was new frontier. But like then, we were, I feel like what really out of the gates, like one of the first people to do retargeting ads. Yeah. And people would be like, right. oh, I saw your ad on yeah, this. We're we like, were no, that's just because you were on our site. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but then, you know, as that was happening, we went out and I think we became really the first brand for a, especially a big box retailer like a Nordstrom. They didn't have that gold layerable, you know, jewelry niche. So as that was all kind of converging, yeah, we thought, 
well, let's just open a store. And again, it was on a whim. I think I told you that. We we were not thinking about opening a store. And certainly, we really weren't thinking about opening a store in Laguna. We just happened to go. We picked up our kids. We had lunch. And we grabbed some tacos. And we were waiting in line. And I walked around the corner. And the space on the corner said, for lease. And we'd always said, this is a great little corner if we ever did a store. So I called the guy, Harry, the landlord. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've already got a bunch of people interested. I was like, no, 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 no. Come over to my office. He literally came over to my office the next day with a lease in hand and said, like, if you want this space, you got to take it. We signed a lease. That was it. That was our first idea. And it was completely on a whim. And I went into our Tanya, who's our COO, who's been with us for well, forever, 14 years or whatever. I threw the keys on the desk and said, okay, here we go. We're like, we're opening a store. That was in February of 16. We thought we were going to be open by Memorial Day. We didn't actually get open until Labor Day. You know, we learned about some of the cities and looking at Beach is not an easy place. But it was all on a whim just to, let's just create an experience. What's the worst case scenario? We signed a three-year lease and all it'll do is at least get us an ability to kind of showcase what we do. Um, so, so now you're exposed, your name's on it, you're in your hometown. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you jump across the country and New York. open in the yeah, West New York was Yeah, New York was- Well, New York has always been our second home. So we've always been at, like we've we've had an apartment there for since 2007. Yes, yeah, 16 years. For me, I don't know for you, Grant, but it was equally emotionally yeah. exciting to go through that. So then, yeah. you know, 2018, all of a sudden, you know, the Parker jewelry collection yep. comes out. And is that where it all changed? I mean, you were obviously on this path. Right? I don't know. I mean, I think we were in Nordstrom. We had a massive presence, you know, from wholesale. We had a few of our own stores, and then I think it was everyone was then really like all of a sudden clued into layering of jewelry. So it's almost like that kind of happened at the same time because I don't necessarily know if it was one piece, but I do feel like all of a sudden the consumer was ready for like yeah. what we had always been kind of. And selling. we noticed that though. I remember we had the laws of layering, right? That was like <laughs> that was our first thing, which we had to turn to learn to layer because the laws felt too too instructive but i do think it was a convergence of what you're saying yeah i mean we did a couple more like safe stores that felt home right we did venice there's another backyard here in los angeles then our fourth store is nolita right nolita elizabeth street that was i mean that was you know we'd grown up going to cafe habana and like walking i mean that was to be on prince and elizabeth that was right. like was we couldn't afford or have the you know the, the, the nerve to go down into soho right it was like we're on elizabeth street right this is amazing so th those that had kind of happened i think Probably in the conversion of that around 18 was to dive into what we call like performance retail now, right? I mean, I started cold calling people, Irvine Company being one of them. Because Fashion Island, I mean, you go back to Fashion Island, that's where right. she worked at Neiman Marcus. Like right. to us, if you were at a store in Fashion Island, you were- You were it. Yeah. And yeah. when I called Irvine Company, they were like, who the hell are you? You know, it's like, and I, got, I did after calling them and calling them and calling, I ended up getting like 10 Irvine Company executives to come down to our Laguna store. And, you know, and they were like, okay- we, we, we like it, but, you know, we don't want you at Fashion Island. We want you at the Spectrum. And we were like, what, the Spectrum? I mean, that's Tilly's in a Ferris wheel. Like, we're not going to the Spectrum, right? But then as they talked to us more and they were like, look, but we're flooring this Macy's down and we're going to build the number one Apple in Orange County. And they kind of literally, like, we're pushing that. You know, in through negotiations, we were like, okay, like, we'll do this, jump into this thing that you're calling what's going to be the new Spectrum if you can, you know, get us something at Fashion Island, so, which sounded good in theory, but then when they were like, okay, and actually said yes, I was like, holy shit, now we got to do two stores. Right. Uh, and so I remember being, we went down to La Jolla, because I did think La Jolla was another great 
place for us to open a store. Just love downtown La Jolla. Our first date was at Sushi on the Rock in La Jolla, right? So yeah. it was like thinking like downtown Girard Ave. And we got down there and it was like, okay, it changed a bit. And then meanwhile, we took a meeting at URW, or which was Westfield at the time, to, sh- to talk to us about U- um, UTC. So now all of a sudden we've gone from, do we have the nerve to kind of jump from these safe little street locations into maybe trying like what we'd call performance mall? And not only are we doing one of them, we're doing three of them all at the same time. That was one of the largest all-in bets. We took, going back to that trade show and being in New York City in 2005 and having no money, we did the same exact thing. But that's a lot later, right? 2018, 13 years later, all the chips went in the middle. And you have kids and you've got rural Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Different than when Yeah, you, I mean, you know, you're now I got kids, I got a house. Like, I'm like, you know, like, this is nuts that we're doing this. And yeah. we did it. And I remember even we had a business consultant was working with us for these quarterly meetings in that year. And he like looks at us in one of the meetings and goes, you guys realize all these stores have to like do really well for you guys to, you know, to succeed here. And we're like, got it. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're going to go. Now, Thank you. the interesting part about that is when UTC opened, it was the first one of that year. My mom shows up and is like, oh, you're like, you're really a brand, right? Like, so it's like you the validation. <laughs> you think about that's the power of what retail does. Then Fashion Island opened. That was exciting. Then Spectrum opened and we opened Spectrum in June. The whole new part's not open yet. And it didn't go well. We were in Mexico on vacation on 818. I woke up, we were on Clover POS and I woke up on 819 and looked at it and we had like a $5,000 day. And I was like, we're going we're gonna to make it. Like that's how close and everything was running. And the crazy part about all that, that's only five years ago. Right. As we sit here today. Yeah. It's not right. like I'm telling some story 20 years ago, right? So, so as you grow, you know, you start to grow. I always say a brush fire turns into a wildfire and then you yeah. just blow up, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I think when I first met you in 2020, you were out there as we were talking about earlier taking real estate, just saying, hey, it is go time. Yeah. While everyone sat around, Yeah. you guys had a plan. Yeah. You're now in 12 states. You have, I think, 47 plus stores. Yeah. And, you know, think about, again, five years, and then you condense it really to three years, how fast you guys have grown. Yeah. I guess you get more resources that start coming at you. You just become more also confident and, or it's like, it's very tangible, right? Like right, I said, right. You're like this is working. So let's just keep doing right. this because this yeah. is working. Yeah, but we, I think we, when we got through that hump in eight, which then we got the, and then Century City was the fifth store that year, that felt good. 19, we went on the same path. We did five stores. And so we were still messing around. We went to San Francisco. We knew Fillmore Street. We're still right. doing some comfortable stuff. Malibu was store number right. 11. I mean, that was like, so exciting. And so 20 was like, let's go. We're going to go seven stores this year. That was like, we were ready to roll. And we were going to do five of them in the front half of the year and then maybe do two or three or whatever in the back half of the year. And we opened Walnut Creek. We opened Brooklyn. We flew home and COVID hit. A, bad time to be going extra fast now in retail. B, we had all those people coming at us saying, oh, we'll give you resources. Private equity deals are all over the table. But- I quickly realized, wow, I'm thankful I don't have anyone's money right now because I can make all these decisions really quickly. And we had to make some really quick decisions. And then, you know, we had to, we used COVID as the opportunity to go, let's really cut out a lot of this dysfunctional wholesale business. Let's stop doing discounting. We haven't done a discount in three years. No percentage off any of our product since COVID, right? We started saying, let's be leaner. Let's really, even though we're focused on profitability, let's be hyper-focused about it. So as you designed, you know, 
I saw some of your newer designs. Mm-hmm. Um, as you think about creativity for designing new lines, you know, and you're growing, like, where do you get the inspiration? Do you guys go have a bottle of wine and just let it free flow? No, or? so we have, um, there's three of us on our team, and we've been together for over 10 years. And it comes from all over, and we all kind of contribute. Like, we'll all... We're very grounded, I feel like, in our inspiration. Like, we'll be like, oh, my God, that is the cute. What about we did this in a necklace? Or sometimes it's even like, oh, like, lately I'm feeling like I want something longer. Like, I want to layer something longer. Or like, oh, what about – or short – like, it's it starts there, and then we'll kind of – it's kind of a crazy process. Like, it's sort of like whatever kind of really flows in. When I am in New York, I love seeing just – the women in the street. A hundred percent. It's like, what are they wearing? What would look great with that? What's going on? It's just that whole energetic vibe. When I travel, that's what I love is just to walk the streets and be like, what's happening here? What's the cool vibe here? What's going on? Like, You can't see it or necessarily verbalize it, but it's like a tone that you see and then it's a feeling and then that feeling I think sparks. Yeah, and you have to be really good about also recognizing like, you know, what's working there, you know, because there are those trends that you're like, that works only here. Yeah, but like, we Californiaize it, though. I yeah, but it, we're, we're, we're California you know, our stores are everywhere. So, like, we do have yeah. to think, is this going to sell in Nashville like it sells in Laguna? Or, yeah, I and mean, we've all done that, know? right? I used to go to New York and buy these jackets, and I'd feel great, you know, and I'm rock stomping around in some new boots. Or, and then I'd bring the clothes home here, and I'm like, what am I doing now? Am I putting this on before I get in the car? <laughs> like, this doesn't even make sense. So, you're absolutely right. You have to... It think it's taking it, dissecting it. And I I think I have a gift for it. I think I can like suss it out and figure out what to pull from it and then kind of go from there. So that's really probably most of my inspiration. Right. Sometimes for me, I'll be like on a hike or I'll be even like getting a manicure and all of a sudden I'll think, oh, that would be a really good idea. What if we did an earring like that? Like it'll just kind of come to me randomly. And other times, you know, we'll like obviously we'll be looking at like, trend forecasting or something like that and then that idea will spark another idea and kind of takes you to different things like I went vintage shopping with my son and our dear friends their kids I took them all vintage shopping in Palm Springs which was super fun and I found these really awesome vintage beads and they're kind of crazy nothing like we normally do but that's where it came from I was like this is awesome it's actually like we completely took this necklace from the 70s and recreated it. That's the kind of fun stuff. So that's been really fun too now when we have the fine jewelry and the fashion jewelry is that the fine jewelry is really like that classic every day, you're never going to take it off. And it's kind of fun now with the fashion because I can really like play more and get more kind of out there with what we're coming out with and have it be a little bit more fun and those like fun pieces that probably before were a little riskier, but now I think I'm willing to take those creative risks and kind of just like do what I'm feeling. <laughs> I think you guys do an amazing job too of going back to not drinking the Kool-Aid. You, you will be so into something and then not that you're over it, but then you just are, you don't ride it. It's like you love it yeah. and then you're just into the next thing. Yeah. And that's why right? that's been nice too. Cause we know like this is a fun piece. It's limited edition. It'll be in the stores for like two months and then that's it. And then, we'll get you something else, but it's not like, so we have our core product, but then we have these really limited edition collections that have been really fun to work on. Even the little bracelets that are colored, you know, yes. the girls said the younger girl, just to yes. get, yep. just to get I know. an entry level. Also, I can confess, I still think I'm 20 
five in my head. So <laughs> I sometimes design for that younger version of me. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. I love that. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't know who I think I am. But but it's very natural for me because I truly, really still connect to that younger part of myself. But yeah. And again, it's like, I think when we were, when we were a heavy wholesale business, you have to design with what they're asking for. You, you can't afford not to. Yeah. You can't just say, here it is. And then they say, well, we're missing this, this, and this. It's mm-hmm. like, that was a maddening experience for Grant. Now she just makes whatever she likes. And people go, our buy plans sometimes are based on like, does Grant like it? Great. Buy a lot of it. Right. It's simple as that. Because when she loves it, 99% of the time, the customer loves it. Well, if it doesn't sell and you're selling it. It's passion. It's just pure passion. It's just pure passion. It's yeah, not because yeah. of like some analysis that we have to do this and this is the price point and we need this many skews. Yeah, we don't have like a merchant. Like no one's telling me like, hey, you need that. this many earrings or you need to come up with no. more rings. Like we go in waves and sometimes we'll have like three seasons in a row where it's like a lot of rings. Mm. And all of a sudden like everyone's like, we don't even have merch. We can't even merchandise them. And I'm yeah. like, oh, we should have thought of that. Um, but we just kind of, we creatively flow. And I think that's probably why it's worked because we're not, we don't, we're not in a box. So that's been kind of, that's been really nice. The other thing I'd touch on, you know, we're in such an influencer world. And I know yep. that's not really part of your gig. Yeah. I think it's, look, I think we read some pretty amazing customer stories and our, our, our marketing team does a great job of sharing those with us. And like, you know, yeah, some of them are cool. Like most recently we're reading about them and we have these campaigns and people come in and then the staff shares them. And some of them are amazing, right? You have like Sydney Sweeney came in and bought a gift for someone or Robert Downey Jr. shopping in Malibu. I mean, most of them are having in <laughs> Malibu or the West Village or Brooke Shields, right? And then, but there are also some amazing ones there of people you've never heard of. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. they're the ones, the more touching ones yep. where you see someone, they bought a gift for someone because someone was sick or someone was feeling down about something. So I don't know that we put a weight to one or the other. No. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a validator. It's It's fun. It can be sexy. I think it feeds sometimes the people working there. They get excited, you know, and they'll tell the story like, I didn't even realize like halfway through the conversation, I'm talking to this person, you know? Right. So I think that's cool. Um, But I don't think ultimately I was- But ultimately they're people. Yeah, it's about people. They're all the same. We have all these metrics that we measure at retail. And I just said this on an all hands manager, hands on deck manager call this Monday. I wish the only thing we could truly measure was connection, right? You have all these things, AOV and conversion and traffic and all sorts of stuff. It's just connection. Like, because when I was at Century City last week, I saw a woman there. She was buying a gift for her um, brother to give to his fiance because they were getting married in Italy. And she was so excited about the whole thing. I'm thinking, wow, this little thing is going to go all the way to Italy and then be given to the brother. Then he's going to give it to the fiance. Then they're getting married. And so thinking about that, we got to participate as a, and then she was so excited to meet me. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like, she was so excited. And you go through that. And I went home and I shared that with the team. I was like, we're making these little connection points that you're not going to know of them all that are really, that's inspiring. Yeah. And to know that that's happening all the time now across all these stores, that's what the stores are. They're just little community centers for people to come in and make connections. So, you know, I've sent you a couple notes, the real estate you guys, A, have picked, you've been patient. You've told a lot of people no, Mm -hmm. that has a lot to do. And then I think just, you know, the build out of your store, you're bringing this West coast lifestyle that people crave into these communities. And I think there is, you know, the white stores, the light, yeah. just talk about that. I think you've, a lot like James Purse at a different price point, you've brought this, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, our goal was always to have it feel like our home, right? And making sure that it's a comfortable, calming experience, right? I want you to come in and just kind of be you and just kind of explore and 
take it in and have, we have all these, you know, from scent to lighting to sound. sound to everything. We have, you know, everything kind of like we put thought into all of that. And um, we want you to be there. You want to hang out. Yeah. Very... There's a certain, um, I think in California, there's just like that certain casual, refined casual that is here. And that people, it seems to be very effortless and sort of just everyone does it here that lives yeah. here. <laughs> now that you're this big, do you feel like you have a huge sense of responsibility? Oh. I mean, you've got, you got a real company now. And yes. Like, you, know, you think back to no yeah. money and yep. yeah. the trade show. To yep. Yeah, yeah. It shifts from, I've been trying to tell people, it shifts from this feeling of stress and kind of like that flight or fight mode. The only really word I can come up with is this huge level of responsibility and almost burden that waits on you because now it is real. And before when it wasn't, it was like easier to play around with those, right. like whatever, like, so that we, what if we crash yeah. the car? You know, now you're like, oh my gosh, like this isn't a car, it's a bus. The there's a lot of people in there. There's a lot of people relying on it. Yeah. Yeah. Last question as a husband and wife team that's built this incredible business. It's hard to do, right? I yep. mean, it's, it's, you know, there's yes. a sanity check. Well, you go, go back to the risk. Right? You risk it. I, you know, I, I don't mention all the time. Not only, did you risking money when you're doing these things? You're risking your relationship. You're risking a lot. Yeah. The only thing we were never willing to risk was our kids and being there for our kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. It took, you know, it took a while to get our, you know, and it kind of obviously as the business evolves to get your footing. But I feel like this last phase of since COVID, because we are still work from home permanently, basically. So it's great because. We're there, we're in different rooms, but yet the other one kind of knows what's going on. And right. it's just, it, it's a yeah, good group. Yeah, because pre-COVID, sometimes we'd come home and be like, how was your day? Yeah, we didn't yeah. see each other And then all I'd day be like, yeah, office. I was in a meeting and I told someone to go left. And she's like, well, I was in a meeting and I told them to go right. And you're having that mom and dad effect. And now we're being together or we'll go hikes every day, you know, together. And like being, we're more, I think more, we're as synergized and aligned as we were like back when it was just the two of us. So, yeah. but the other side of it, I always tell people is like, people are like, how do you guys do it? I could never work with my spouse. It's like. We weren't spouses and then decided to start a business together. We've been, this is just a, another thing we created. It's been a part of our journey. Yeah. Right. This is us surviving together. Yeah. This isn't this, like I had some big career and she had some big career and then we decided to merge our forces. I mean, this and there are definitely spouses now. that should not work together. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I t- I, you know, yeah. We, we, in a unique Yeah. I mean, we have situation. our spacing on the floor. I say yeah. it all the time. Like she's the talent, I'm the hustle. And that's like, that's, it just works. Yeah. There's like, we, we understand each other's spaces, but I absolutely have no ability or desire to, to do what she does. I could never, and I think she— I don't either. She's got the same <laughs> for me, and that's, that kind of makes us good dance yeah. partners. Yeah. As we start to wrap up, we always like to get to know our guests. And so, Laguna, you know, what are your go-tos? What's the hidden gem of Laguna? And then what's kind of the one thing everybody should see? And we'll do the same uh, thing. For me, here. the hidden gem of Laguna is the hiking. Yeah. I think the trails that we have, the ability to be outside and like, and especially top of the world, when you're up there, you're so high above, but you have this amazing just ocean panoramic views. And it's my favorite thing about where we live. Mm-hmm. For I would, sure. I would agree. The viewpoint of like one side, you're looking, you're seeing these mountains with snow and on the other side, you're seeing all the way to Catalina. It's pretty cool. And I think yeah. that's the thing. I mean, look, we have amazing beaches. You know, we've got yes. more taco shops than know we know what to do with, right? Like, and, and I don't want to take that away because there are some pretty incredible beaches. I think you go back to like what you're talking about, Del Mar, La Jolla, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then you take Laguna and obviously I'm partial as well to Malibu. I've got great little coved beaches. But I think the hiking what's you know is what gets overlooked because you can really get some pretty incredible trails. You got 14,000 acres preserved that was donated by actually the Irvine Company right behind our house. And it's all smashed up against the water. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Go-to restaurants or? I will say, unfortunately, we love our town, but it's really not known for the food. (laughs) Well, I also think, like, look, anywhere you live, as you guys all know this, right? Like, when you live somewhere and you eat all the food all the time, I think you just become, it just becomes. No, okay, actually, I'll give you one. La Serena. La Serena is an institution. It's this really cool, like, fast, casual Mexican spot. There's two locations in Laguna. It's awesome. Grab a burrito, tacos, like, awesome. But it's so every day for us that I guess it, you know, you're kind of like, it's not in your f- initial frame of reference, right, but right. it's great. And then just what do you think is the one thing everyone should see while they're in Laguna? I think the beaches, I think you should go to some of those cove beaches like Woods Cove or, um, thousand steps, thousand steps. I think the way those rocks are, and it, it's just really beautiful. I do think it's different. Shaw's like cove, when you go to San Diego, yeah. those beaches are big. Like they're, right. you're not really coved. I do think that's one really unique thing. And then New York, you know. Oh, oh geez, for food. That is our food spot. <laughs> yeah, Joe's right, Pizza. Yeah, Joe's. <laughs> yeah, you're pizza guys. So, right? You're like the first thing we do when we land in New York, no matter what hour it is, is we just go right to Joe's on, you know, on 6th and Carmine. I mean, that's the spot. But to Joe's, Ray's. I mean, Ray's. You got John's on Bleecker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Bleecker Street Pizza. I mean, there's so many. You got Prince Street Pizza. Yep. Um, that yeah, that pizza's I mean, good. But all the yes, food, and going back to the West Village, I mean, you talk <laughs> about Mary's, Cafe Clooney, Bouvet, Red Farm, like, yes. there's so many spots. Like, we're we're always, we actually, when we go there as a family, have to commit to trying at least one new thing because we get so habitual about, like, and almost argumentative about the things we've, you know, if we're only there five nights or, like, right. coming up, we're only going to be there four nights. It's like, you know, a big fa- battle in the family of, like, okay, well, what what are the four, what know, are the we brunch eating? spots alone, right. I mean, Clinton Street Bakery. There's yeah, so oh. many. I mean, you just, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So food. When there. we go to New York, we walk, shop, and eat. Yeah. It's we all literally in, uh, like eat, shop, eat, shop, walk, eat, shop. Walk it That's off. That's what you're yeah. supposed to do. And then I what know. do you think the the hidden gem is of the city? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, like I go back to the World Trade Center. Like I have a little run pattern that I always would take where I come out of the apartment. I go down Bleecker and then I go all the way down Broadway. I go all the way down. And I got to do it for so many years, you know, when, when, when the World Trade Center was ground zero. Right. To see that and then to watch it kind of like over time get resurrected, I do think is a pretty inspirational thing that you should go see. Because I just think it represents the fact that that city truly will take a beating and it won't be the last beating it takes. Even during COVID, look what happened. I mean, right. everyone pulled out of there. And then I go back there, like I was back there in November and I was like, oh my God, this thing is bustling at an all-time high. Yeah. I think it's just the vibrancy of it all. It truly is an energetic, magnetic place that pulls a lot of amazing energy together. And I will come back. Ever, ever stopping it. Kind of take I it. think those pools are, you know, the no. significance of what they put yes. down there. 100%. Yeah. Just, just grabs you. It really does. Yeah. Like, there's not a time I can't go down there and just stop and just reflect upon it all. But, uh, but yeah, that'd be, the, I think that's just, I just think it's a representation of the pulse of what that city is. It's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. So, but again, we're downtown people. You know, we're not. We're not. That's where everyone's going. Yeah, the kids yeah, all want to live. You know, the whole city wants yeah, to be yeah. downtown. I mean, like, like when we, going back to the early days, like when we were first knocking on doors and we were like in the meatpacking district, like yeah. 
Ernest's own denim was in there. I mean, it was the meatpacking district. Like, yeah, I was like, I think there was like uh, people, lo- means, you know, loads of meat coming off trucks. So crazy. Like the kids, I don't even think they want to go past 14th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm yeah, like, oh. Yeah. 14th Street, you're uptown? <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. It's funny enough. Where do we find you social? Just where do we find you guys? At Goriana. G-O-R-J-A-N-A. <laughs> I want to thank Jason and Goriana for being here today in Laguna. Thank you for your time. It's been great. Thank you for having us. It's yeah, been thanks. wonderful. Thanks, really appreciate it. This has been Backstory and Beyond, hosted by Ward Camp. To learn more about Northwood Retail or the destinations from today's episode, visit BackstoryBeyond.com. <laughs>